Chris Hansen here, and I'm gonna need you all to take a seat right over there and check out Birds like versus Boys. I think you're completely right here, and I hate it. Yeah. Stop doing dumb things. I got two phones. Upside alert, upside alert. I might go and I think you're already there. There's no hope. Hope is gone. If this was an AFC North podcast, we'd be done in 15 minutes. Bob Hope. I'm gonna drink bleach. Keep the team you promised me you were gonna be this year. This is the Consciously Hopeful podcast. I'll be watching. All right. Welcome to another episode of the Birds vs. Boys podcast, powered by Branded Sports and sponsored by our nice stateside Baca. A few things similar this week, a few things a little bit different. So similar, we are recording after another Eagles loss. We're recording after, immediately after the funeral for the Eagles Super Bowl window. So that has remained the same. Eagles loss, similar result. What has changed here is our little panel of people. So Kevin, who represents the Cowboys here, he is in the blue medical tent today. So he is out. So what we have today, we have two people with Branded here. Producer Vince, who we've seen before, he pops on the show. He is a godsend behind the scenes, helping produce the show. And then we have producer Eddie, who is our podcast director at Branded. So we've got a few different voices in here, which should make for interesting comments and controversy and content after a game like what we just saw for the Eagles. So Vince, as the Eagles fan here, I will go to you first. How are you doing? And uh, let's just get into it tonight with how you felt about the game. I would use the term Eagles fan lightly right now. Um, <laughs> the fairest uh, of fair weather, you could say. Uh, you know I love plugging my my own Twitter account. I tweeted, like, I forget what it was after the interception. I was like, hope's lost. Let's hit that over. And uh, that didn't happen either. That did not happen. But they did cover. Great teams they cover. They did cover. Great teams cover. Um, and I prematurely named this episode uh, the birds versus the birds. I feel like I could play, like, you and Kevin never, ever, 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 ever disagree. So I'm just going to play a little bit of devil's advocate tonight. So it could be uh, birds versus birds. Well, speaking of devil's advocate, we have Eddie here who, like, if I say the sky is blue, <laughs> Eddie will tell me how green the sky is. So, Eddie, how are you doing? I feel like you're going to be a little bit joyous tonight more than us. I mean, I never like seeing you guys down bad. It really hurts me when I core to see, you know, just week after week, Philly is just – it's a bad place. We know it's a bad place. Bad things happen in Philadelphia. That's a fact. Um, that game was in Philly. A lot of bad things happened. So I've heard uh, from certain people. But, yeah, I mean, I feel like tonight kind of went exactly how everybody expected to, fan or non-fan. Like I said, it was just like, Vince, you live in the city. The weather today was like a hurricane, a tornado. You couldn't see because it was raining so hard. It was just dreary. It felt like a funeral today. I... I live on the 15th floor of my apartment building and there was, this is the, believe it or not, it's November 30th, the last day of November, I think. And there was a thunderstorm today. It's the first time I've seen lightning since I've lived here. And I don't know, like, I don't know if you guys have heard like real thunder. You guys have got like diet thunder down on the ground. This was like all the way up here. You've never heard thunder like this before. And like, my my thought process, because this was at like maybe like six, seven o'clock, 
I was like, oh man, like, cause I knew that we we're going to be like, I was going to have to be recording tonight. I was like, oh man, I hope this isn't still like noisy during while we were recording. And my thought, like thought process didn't even go to the game might get delayed. Yeah. yeah. With lightning, they do cancel the games. COVID, <laughs> no. Lightning. Yes. <laughs> not well, COVID. Was the last time that happened, the Colts game when they did the banner and it was like the worst banner reveal ever because they didn't even really do anything. It was, yes. I paid $300 to watch my only Super Bowl banner of all time, and because of the weather delay, they are just like, all right, here's a banner. We got to get this show on the road and just dropped it, and there was no celebration. There was nothing. They were just like, here's the banner now. You you waited your entire life, and here we go. Well, Um, I still haven't seen like several banners. Oh, my God. Here we go. I mean, it's a great experience. I feel really bad for you. I wish you got to experience that. What uh what New Hampshire team won all the banners? <laughs> so the New England team that won all the banners. Listen, Vince, Vince has been saying for weeks, months that New Hampshire doesn't exist. New Hampshire's real. It's on the map. I'll I'll, point, I'll it's right up here. I'll point to it. We're we're told it's on a map. So, so I know. Eddie, Eddie is a Patriots fan. And stepping yeah. in tonight, he'll somehow we will probably get into more debate than Kevin and I, who are the, the Cowboys and Eagles fans. We've been told. New Hampshire's on the map. Just like I've been told the Cowboys won Super Bowls back in like the 70s. Who knows? That's like that's just what people have told us over time. And we're like, oh, I guess they're right. I, I don't have any evidence to back it up. Yeah, no, it's funny because usually people on our age will be like, if they're Cowboys fans, like, well, you didn't even see them like win it. I can't do that with Kevin because he's 50 years old. So, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. You actually yeah. have seen all of the titles. Millennial Cowboys fans, you're like, you have, you like, you've never right. been a winner, but he's like actually seen them win. Yeah. He's like, like, part of the reason why it's harder. Before, we were killing them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, so let's let's get into it tonight. Um, weather aside, funeral aside, I think this went exactly how we expected it to go. Um, they had no offense. It was anemic. It was rigid. They started the game. Eddie and I were joking before the show. The first drive went so fast. I thought the game started at 820. I never I never missed a start. I never missed a start. I thought the game started at 820. I sat down at 819. They had already punted the ball, and they started with first and five. I think that summed up the night well. Yeah, no, I mean, I actually, I, I turned the game on at like 825, 826. Just, I, I was running late. The Seahawks had the ball, and I was just like, they started the game with the ball. Like I had no idea that you could, you know, punt the ball that quickly. That has to be a record. That is something to hold your hat on. There you go. Yeah, that that was the the tip of your cap moment of the night for the Eagles. That and uh, the one completion for Jalen Hurts, who we will get into later. But yeah, so I sat down at eight nineteen, four minutes in, and it's like it was fourteen thirty one on the clock, and Russell Wilson was coming onto the field. So I'm like, well. There's no way like that kickoff took 29 seconds. I had to text one of my group texts and be like, "Did did we go three and out in less you, than 30 seconds?" Wait, Which, you texted during a football game? I I did. So rule of thumb, I turned my phone off. But I was so shocked by the fact that we went three and out that fast. Like I, before, I turned my phone off because in my mind, 8:20, I'm turning my phone off. I was like, "Did did we start with the ball?" Which we did, and went three and out, and it was rigid from from then on out. Your defense looked good, though. And I, I think that's been the problem with the Eagles, like, these past few weeks is defense looks good. Defense gets stops. Momentum, like, shifting stops on those fourth downs. But they're on the field for so long, it's just not sustainable, you know? 
Like if you're, it, it goes back. Remember when Chip Kelly was here and they'd go three and out in that no huddle so fast that the defense would just be gassed by the end of the game. Now they're not going up tempo like Chip Kelly was, but they're coming off the field so fast. We talked about it 29 seconds and then they're off the field. So by the second half, um, it's tough for them to keep up. But even in the second half, I thought they did a good job against a really good Seahawks offense. Um, but that's been the story of the year. You know, the defense hangs in as long as they can, but you can only hang in for so long when it when it comes to this offense and as anemic as it is for so many reasons. Uh, is Jim Schwartz trying to pull a Jason Garrett here? I, dude. Does it feel I like know. it? Yeah. You can like Jim Schwartz has this face and like, I know you probably know what I mean, but I don't know if everyone knows it. Like they cut to him and you can't tell if that's just his face or if he's got like this arrogant little, like arrogant smirk on his face, but they cut to him tonight. And he had one, like I haven't seen since 2017. Yeah. And it's like, he's like, I know that I'm the interim. Like you guys aren't ready for interim head coach, Jim Schwartz. If you guys remember, before the 2017 season, people weren't sold on Doug Peterson yet. Um, and there was this report that Jim Schwartz was aiming for Doug Peterson's job. Here we are three years later. That report might not be out yet. Like Jim Schwartz could take over. And uh, for the Eagles, they've had offensive-minded coaches for a long time because they had Andy Reid for so long and then went to Chip Kelly and then they went to Doug Peterson. So I don't know if Jim Schwartz is the guy but he's definitely like a guy right now who's on the sideline look like the Oprah gif where he's just like shrugging his shoulders and being like, it's not what, what my problem. Like you like, look at all these problems and none of them are caused by me. Who, who else are they going to promote deuce? They didn't even want to make him offensive coordinator. They promoted nobody inst- instead of deuce. That is, that is, I'm glad you brought that up. Cause there's like a laundry list of things wrong with the Eagles. And I think if you're doing like, Eagles fuck up bingo. The broadcast did a great job of like hitting on everything. Like we got a JJ Ortega Whiteside instead of DK Metcalf. And they were roasting roasting you guys. I know. And what's crazy about DK, I'll get into him quickly before I get back into my point. But I feel like Darius Slay was in good coverage. Like the, the, and the, the announcers would say it too. They'd be like, he, well, Darius Slay was there. It's just that DK Metcalf still caught it. So yeah, they have Terry Crews as a wide receiver. What are you gonna do? <laughs> Dude, it, it, it but it's getting like watching LeBron play, where it's just still like LeBron. He he gets away with everything because he's just so much physically more gifted than anybody else on the field or the court in LeBron's case. But like it's been multiple weeks where he instigates a fight and then the other guy like takes a swing at the bully. And they're like, oh, well, you can't do that. Like, now we got to give you a 15 yard penalty. Like, it happened last Thursday, too, where like DK Metcalf just hauls off on somebody despite being five inches taller and like 40 pounds of muscle more. And then the ref is like, well, I'm going to throw it on this flag on this 5'10 guy over here. <laughs> like, come on, throw us a phone. No. How about that? No. You're, you're that bad. You don't get freebies. Can, well, can we talk about third. the broadcast team? If, did you have a point? Because I want to get in the broadcast team whenever we whenever well, we get a second. That's what I was going to say with the broadcast team is that that I, I thought they did a good job like hitting on on the the fuck up bingo. Um, and I think uh, like the DK Metcalf thing was one of them. But I thought that they did a pretty good job of presenting what I've been screaming from the mountaintop on this podcast. They're like, okay, let's take you through this play. Where do you want Carson Wentz to throw this football? 
Like there's nobody open and he gets three seconds of time. What is Jalen Hurts going to do that isn't like he's not going to do? So Jalen Hurts is shooting 100. What's that? He's shooting 100. Jalen went one for one. You, what, I mean, that's true. Dude, I mean, <laughs> perfect QVR. <laughs> I, I think QVR was like 98. It wasn't even perfect. Oh, jeez. Yeah, but uh, I'll, I'll get into Jalen Hurts later because that's obviously like the bane of my existence now that Al Horford's gone. But Vince, if you want to get into the announcers, let's do it yeah. because I thought they were key tonight. It was like, we're going to play a lot of nationally televised games. So you're getting like A-list people instead of these D-list people. So let's get into them because I thought they did a good job. So we're usually recording during Monday Night Football, so I'm usually just watching on mute. Yeah. Uh, Louis, is Louis Riddick on every Monday? He is, yes. Yeah. All right, but did it feel like he was really pandering to Philly fans? Yeah, 100%. I think and he... he was really breaking down what the Eagles need to do to fix their team, and he was really roasting oh, Howie Roseman the entire game. And uh-huh. This is the guy who, for years, people have been saying the next guy that's going to get tapped to be GM is Lewis Riddick. So I feel like he's trying to get the Philly, like the Philly fan base, on his side and get like Jeff, uh, get Jeffrey Lurie to like hear us and bring in Lewis Riddick. He wanted like five minutes about Lurie too. What's that? About, um, wasn't it Riddick who went on the not ramp, but he talked about um, the owner missing last week's game because of you went to like thanksgiving that was riddick i think there's like five minutes just like ball washing him that was the that was the time where he, he where what vince made a great point like it, that was during that time where he's like look like he he sucked up to the owner and then he pretty much threw the front office under the bus but he's i mean he's not wrong but i also like see where he's coming from and it's just so funny in philadelphia like Okay, so Lewis Riddick, like we're just gonna hire half of ESPN. Lewis Riddick's gonna be the GM. Dan Orlovsky's gonna be quarterback, offensive coordinator, coach. Is Kirk Herbstreit gonna be our head coach <laughs> next year? Like, come on. But they, I mean, it, they are two like really smart guys, and like I'm really glad that they're on the side of the Eagles and not like Max Kellerman. You know, like if it was somebody who just has like baseless takes and they were on our side, I'd be a little bit worried. When it's like people with sound logic and reason being like, this is what's wrong with the Eagles. I'm like, okay, I, I'm, I'm a, regaining my sanity here. Does now, Max Kellerman have the worst position in like all of TV? This is completely off topic, but is yeah. he, is he just in like the worst spot of anyone ever? Yeah, he was like, great on Sports Nation too. And he's just... Well, the thing like, it, there's a production meeting before every single one of those TV shows. And it's like, when you, like they got two options of a debate. Who do you think is going to get the better one? The guy making fifty million or ten million dollars a year to do the job, or Max Keller? <laughs> so he's going to get the worst side of every debate. So like, it it, I feel it like happened he today. So, he says. I don't know if you guys saw it, but this kind of brings it full circle. But they were uh, for the one hundred and eightieth straight day in a row, they were talking about whether Carson Wentz should be the starting quarterback for for the Eagles, which is a yes. Um, well, but Dan Orlowski was was on with Max Kelly. I saw that smirk from Dan. <laughs> <laughs> but Dan Orlowski, like I know, like there's a production meeting, like you said, and like this is kind of staged. I think Dan Orlowski like actually hates Max Keller. <laughs> like they were arguing today, and Dan Orlowski hit him with bullet point after bullet point of like what's wrong with the Eagles. Here's what they can do to get back on track. And he presented like a sound argument, like some grad school kid presenting his thesis so that he could get a diploma and go on and like have a job. Like his whole career depended on this debate. And Max Kellerman just responds and just goes, 
you know, Carson Wentz is just like, he's the worst quarterback in the league. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> and Jan Orlowski nearly walked <laughs> off the set. Like he was just like, he like couldn't, he had it. Like he was just done. <laughs> there was- uh, I, I hate to agree with Max. But he brings up a great point. <laughs> no, he does not. <laughs> Who who is the quarterback? Here's a trivia question. Like, who's the quarterback in Jacksonville right now? Who's the quarterback uh, in Denver? In Denver, that's true. I actually, well, you know, Drew Locke when he's starting isn't even as good as Carson Wentz. Now, Drew Locke stinks. I don't know why anyone thought that guy was good. That guy's a bum. Uh, yeah, and I'll tell you what, Denver did. They're in the opposite predicament of the Eagles. So let's get into. I was going to say that. A, I was going to say Denver is like the uh, the bizarre world Eagles. Yeah. I would say so. It's like an alternate reality. So what they did in the draft, they're like, okay, we have a quarterback. We need to see if he's going to work out. We're just going to – we are going to focus our entire offseason on weapons. So they got Jerry Judy. They drafted KJ Hamler. They signed Melvin Gordon. They're like – and they have Noah Fant coming back. They have Philip Lindsay. They were like, we're just going to figure out, no ifs, ands, or buts, if this kid is good or not. And the Eagles were like – we're going to be a fucking quarterback factory, baby. <laughs> Make sure you buy a shirt. Like they were like, should we find out if Carson Wentz is good or should we draft his backup who can throw one pass a game? Like what should we do? <laughs> what's what's crazier? Just putting Jalen in Jalen Hurts in to throw one pass or having Miles Sanders run the ball seven times? Uh, the well, for Miles me, Sanders. don't even answer. It's Miles Sanders. That's the correct answer. <laughs> I, for me, it hurts because it's just like I, I stay up at night and just think about like how bad of a draft pick that is. But no, I agree. But I, I think Miles, the Miles Sanders thing has is the issue. Like if you looked at the Seahawks defensive front, they they have their front four. They have two linebackers up there. Jamal Adams plays up at the line. It's like they were like, okay, you were going to throw it fifty times, and you have no say in the matter. And we talked about this, me and Kevin did, about our teams in a trickle-down effect. So they bring, they have seven or eight guys in the box because they're like, who the hell on the Eagles is going to beat us over the top? Right. So we can't run the ball. So now Wentz throws the ball 45 times. And the line can't block, so he gets sacked six times. And the receivers can't get open, so it's forced into bad throws and interceptions. It's like this long trickle-down effect of just like never drafting a Pro Bowl playmaker, ever. And you see – like Russell Wilson has gotten pressured this year. Nobody talks about it though. Cause he has weapons on the outside that he can throw to and bail him out like DK Metcalf. And did JJ Ortega Whiteside even play today? Did he even I, have a single target? I don't think he actually touched the field. Is he still on the team? It, barely. Like th- they may cut him after this year and it's been two years. And that's, that's really sad. And DK Metcalf is at the point where he was drafted 60th overall. So it's not like we get a lot of shit for missing on him, which is fair. Like I'm critical of the Eagles of that, but everybody in the league literally missed this guy twice. And I'm mm-hmm. not sure how, the but Seahawks the Eagles, I think twice. why, what's that? Even the Seahawks missed them right. twice. Even the Seahawks missed them. Yep. And came back around at pick 60. I think why people get on the Eagles so much is because of how many instances there are. And I, I really feel like tonight you, Eddie, you touched on it and, and Vince, you touched on it as well with Lewis Riddick kind of like shitting on the GM, Howie Roseman. I, I really think tonight was like this, like when I talk about funeral, I'm wearing black on purpose. No one noticed because <laughs> the funeral. I really think like tonight was the night where 
people realize who the real villain is. You know that meme on Twitter is like the movie villain versus the actual villain. Like right now, the actual villain is is Howie Roseman. And the the broadcast crew broke it down. And I think everybody saw it because I think what a lot of people do is you're not watching the Eagles on a, on a weekly basis, which thank God, like I would not project <laughs> this to my worst enemy. And you're, you're just looking at stat lines and you're looking at Wentz's stat line. And you're like, this is horrible. Like this guy sucks. Like how could, and you watch, you watch get up on ESPN and they show him turning the ball over twice. And you're like, this guy's horrible. Like why, why would, why would they want to start this guy? But then you watch them on national TV. And I think people like really see what the issue is. And it is years after years of not drafting well, not developing well. And it just felt around the entire city today that it culminated tonight with a needless QB controversy with DK Metcalf playing well, JJ Ortega Whiteside not even playing. Justin Jefferson had two um, touchdowns this week. Jeremy Chin, who was drafted after Jalen Hurts, getting two fumble returns for a touchdown, literally the first time since World War II. <laughs> All of that culminated in one weekend. And I think everybody realized like who the real problem is. Like this was Howie Roseman's last day in Philadelphia. I think there's been three glaring problems for the Eagles all year. And it's been like, it's been Doug Peterson's game plan. Mm -hmm. It's been Carson Wentz hasn't been playing well at all. And yeah. it's been the offensive line wide receiver and just not being the right personnel. And I think all of that is how like falls on Howie Roseman. Yeah. I think, I think tonight put it all in order. It's Howie, Doug, Carson. Yes, I, I totally agree. Like you could, you can almost see that totem pole of importance, like playing in because like, you see Doug Peterson forcing it and making bonehead coaching decisions. And you know, like going forward on fourth and four maybe would work if you had the talent around him, but he doesn't. And you see Carson Wentz like getting sacked and you're like, well, maybe he had a guy, but he ran out of time. And you're right. Like it all comes back to Howie Roseman and just uh, somebody in the athletic, I'm, I'm forgetting the name, but they wrote a really good article the other day kind of breaking this down and being like, yeah, Wentz is an issue, but he is not the issue. In fact, he's the only Pro Bowl player they've drafted in the past half decade. And before him, it was Lane Johnson. Like you've gone a full decade and you've drafted three, actually four Fletcher Cox, Lane Johnson, Zachary, it's Carson Wentz. You've drafted four Pro Bowl players in 10 years. We're not going to count Brandon Graham. You're going to disrespect Brandon Graham. Wow. I'm pretty sure he was in, he's an 11 year veteran, correct? He's yeah, also this, not this year will be this year will be his first Pro Bowl. Yeah, so technically, right, technically he hasn't made one yet. Come on, congratulations on five Pro Bowl players in literally a decade's worth of time. Like that's hard to do. In in 2017, the Saints drafted five Pro Bowl players in one draft. And you look at a team like that, they're like the, the Eagles want to do all these cool niche things like the Saints do with Taysom Hill. You know why they can do things like that with Taysom Hill? Because when you hit on an entire draft and you have Marshawn Lattimore and Ryan Ramsey and Alvin Kamara, like when you draft like that, then you don't, then you can go do gimmick shit, like be a quarterback factory. And I think uh, that's really the issue. It, that'll be the, the final nail in the coffin is that Jalen Hurts thing. I just keep coming back to it, but it's just, you could just tell. It's just like I, with this and like the sick, the Daryl Morey drafting for the Sixers like completely like put everything into, into perspective for me. Like when you're looking at a draft or free agency, look at what the problems on the team are and then fix them. It's really not that hard. I know. Where he was like, 
you guys have no shooters. Let's get some. And then, he, <laughs> and, then and then, ready? He got some. It, it's not that hard. You're kidding. Wait, stop it. Stop it. In Philadelphia? It could, it, Eddie, oh, it could I'm, all be I'm so sure. Too. I'm sure they're all going to have like lower body, non contact, soft <laughs> tissue injuries within the next two weeks where someone's going to eat a peanut and they're deathly allergic to it and they're going to be on their deathbed in a month. If you don't think Seth Curry is shooting 27% from three this year, that you think they're happening. Philadelphia sports. <laughs> the spacing on that seeing, team is unbelievable. But then seeing that, and then like that made me think about the Eagles. Like, why the hell would you take a quarterback in the second round? <laughs> I, so, okay. So, <laughs> so I, I, like, I'm a, a Hurts guy. I'm a Hurts guy. I, I Mostly because I liked him at Oklahoma. Like, I, I don't even think he's going to be that good on the Eagles. I, at this point, Wentz isn't going to win you a game. Whether it's his fault or the line's fault or the receiver, whoever's fault it is, he's not going to win you the game. You already wasted a pick on a quarterback. Play the quarterback. Well, see, here's the issue is now, like, I am, everybody knows it. Like, my brand is, like, Carson Wentz supporter, like, upper 1% of them. Right. But the the issue with Jalen Hurts is um, you could play him right now, but is he going to win you another game either because you have so many other holes? Like, I genuinely feel bad for this kid because he is set up in a position to fail that even if they find a way to move on from Carson Wentz, like what, what does Jalen hurts do differently? Like they're showing these plays and they're like, okay, it's third and eight. And they do the all 22 and nobody's open. And Alshon Jeffrey looks like a hobbled old man on a, on a cane and a Walker with no feet. Did he get, he got his first pass the season today. Yes, he had two. And it's it like week 10, right? What's that? It's like week 10, right? Yes. Well, okay. I can't so, wor- so it's worse. Way it's, worse. It's even worse. <laughs> the tie always throws me off. Like, I go in terms of, like, it Eagles. ruins like, me. Well, I only remember because I have to do the power rankings for you guys every week. <laughs> that's the only reason I know a week. <laughs> you know what week it is. Yeah, yeah. So that's one of my issues with, with Jalen Hurts is, like, Who's he going to throw to? Like Alshon Jeffrey, who's 32 going on 62, you know? Like he moves yeah. like my – you know when you – we always use the Jason Peters example. So I won't use like the old dog example. But he does have those hips of like an old dog who used to run around the yard but now just like fetches the ball once and then goes and lays down. Like that right. kind of feels like Alshon Jeffrey right now. Um, So, so like bring Hurts in. That's fine. Like I, I advocated for this and blogged about it this week. Like start Jalen Hurts. Like find out. Nothing's going to change, and when you don't, when when nothing changes, you're, you're going to realize that Howie Roseman is the actual villain. It doesn't really matter who the quarterback is because you don't have the weapons around them to make either of them successful. And the other thing, somebody brought this up today. I forget what station it was, um, but you talk about it like you have Jalen Hurts on a rookie deal, which would be great. But you don't even get to take advantage of that because if you release Carson Wentz, you're fifty million dollars in the hole. So it's like, what was the point? Like, you don't even get the steal of the draft because technically, you're like to play this steal, you have to lose fifty million dollars to do it. It's just right. none of it makes sense. I think my biggest thing with the quarterback situation in Philly is, like I said, Carson Wentz. What, for whatever reason, you can argue to your blue in the face that he's still good. I don't I care. Have. I do not care. I have literally done that. 
He's a bum. It's fine. We can disagree about it. Whatever. The fact is, you have three wins and you tied the Bengals. He's not going to win you a game. That's just a fact. It's so much, I feel like it's so much, does so much more damage to Hurts in the long run or even in the short, short term to have him come in for a couple plays or for like a trick play here or there each game instead of just give him, give him a start, give him a full week practice with the ones, give him a start on a Sunday, see what you have. I just so like, feel bad for the kid because he's getting nothing legit on tape. Like, the Eagles aren't going to re-sign him. So, like, after this is – like, he's getting no real film. No one really – like, he's only comes, he only comes in for these horribly drawn-up gadget plays. They're so bad, too. Like, they're not even, like – like, he's – he can run and he can do a gadget play, whatever. He's still, like, a decent quarterback in college. He can throw the ball. Like, he's going to sit ball. down – he's going to sit down with, like, the Jets or the Broncos or somebody be like, look how good I can hand the ball off. Like yeah. I put it, I give it, I give it right to him every time. I mean, gonna really, have the show. The Jets could really use that right now. <laughs> the Jets could use somebody who just turn around and hand it off and get out of the way. Yeah, the Broncos too this week. My, I mean, I was, go ahead. I, what I was gonna say is just like, like okay, like that's fine. We can start Jalen Hurts, but you, Vince, you're right. Like he's in such a bad position. He's pretty much in like NFL purgatory. Like he's not a starter. They clearly don't believe that he's a starter. But he's on this rookie deal with them. There's a clear like obstacle for him starting and ever proving himself. So like when when do you ever find out? When you have this much money tied up in Carson Wentz, when do you ever find out if Jalen Hurts is the guy? Like are you are the Eagles gonna have a fifty million dollar dead cap backup quarterback? You just can't. And no one's gonna trade for him. Like you have created an insurmountable mess where even if Jalen Hurts comes in and plays well. You, you wouldn't be able to like really help him because instead of like signing, like go back to DeAndre Hopkins wanting a new deal. The Eagles couldn't give him that because you're paying his Jalen Hurts' backup quarterback now. And to release him, it would cost $50 million. Well, it's 50 next year and then it's 26 the year after. Okay. So maybe in two years, maybe we'll still be going on the same carousel. I will be in an insane asylum by then. <laughs> Bird boys will just be like, Vince creating TikToks of Kevin drinking. <laughs> that, hey, that, might, that might play. That might, might, actually, that might play. actually play. Might that, like play. that'll be our podcast. I, and I will be insane if I have to do this for another year. Oh, my other question was: Paint me a picture of what the quarterback room looks like. It's yeah. Carson Wentz, Nate Sudfeld, and Jalen Hurts alone in a room. What does that look like? With Josh McCown on Zoom. He's he's on the Texans. <laughs> Oh, he got uh, which sucks because like you you saw the value of like having a guy who's in Texas and not with the team because now yeah. he doesn't have COVID. <laughs> you could probably yeah. honestly you could probably I'd probably rather run Josh McCown out there instead of uh Wentz at this point. Are it either of you guys young enough? And it resulted in the same type of loss to the yeah. <laughs> you literally know the result. Yeah. Well, are, are either of you young enough to watch uh Ned's declassified and you're younger? Yeah. Oh hell yeah. Come on. Do you remember do you remember the teacher? That was just a lady with a computer, and it's like she rolled around on like this cart. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That that was Josh McCown. <laughs> yeah. He when he was on the team, like didn't it? And this is another issue that I have with the Eagles. Just all coming out. Like this is my concession speech, pretty much. But like Trey Thomas brought this up online. 
no 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 coach ever sits with the quarterbacks like you see on other teams like sidelines like you see a guy either throw a touchdown or a pick and somebody is sitting with him with one of those microsoft tablets being like here's where the safety was here's where the linebacker was here's where you should have threw the ball here's where you did throw the ball you dumbass like nobody <laughs> does that with carson wentz like he's on the sideline and it's like him and Nate Sudfeld, like they could, they could be looking at a play. They could be on Pornhub. Nobody knows. Like there's no coach <laughs> around. No, like nobody there's is no there supervision. for guidance at all. The good news is though, I think we probably have the most socially distant quarterback room of anyone in the NFL. Like, I don't think what happened to the Broncos, what would happen to the Eagles? It would be like, I don't think if it did. Not that's, I don't, I don't think... want not in that. <laughs> not if they all got COVID. I don't think Jalen Hurts has been near the other, like the other two of them, like close enough to get COVID all year. Why Hurts would he be? Like had a conversation with Wentz before, like ever. I it's probably like been, like, hey man, I hate you. It's not your fault. You can't do anything about it. I just don't like you. I think they have therapy sessions. Like I don't think either of them want to be in Philadelphia. Like they probably just sit there because there's like you, you know it's it's like a work day when your boss isn't there. She just spend the whole day talking about how much you hate your job with your employees. Like if that quarterback room is what it's like and what it seems like, and like, there's no guidance, there's no instruction. There's nobody going over anything with these guys. Like, I feel like him and Jalen actually get along in their vitriol and hate for the Philadelphia Eagles. Like neither of them actually want to be in Philadelphia at this point. They're probably like, you know who really fucking sucks? That guy, Howie Roseman, you know? (laughs) You know who's really a dumbass who puts us in bad positions? Doug Peterson. Like, just sitting there, like they might have something in common that they both hate everybody else that's outside of that room. That's yeah, true. Ideally, that. in my head, they bond over how much they hate the situation they're in. But just from how, te- like, 2017, the locker room was just so upbeat and happy all the time, and it's just not that anymore. So I no. don't think those two get along at all. I, I don't know. I, I do feel like they do. But it, there is th- that chemistry from the 2017 team is gone. Um, I, I I don't know, like, but part of it is just winning. Like, if, if you win, like, if you beat the Seahawks tonight, everybody's all hunky dory. Like, oh, we all came together as a team. Everybody was against us in the media, so we we rallied together. But um, I mean, the defense seems like they like each other still. But it, it's just a matter of winning. Like, if they because yeah, they're good. Yeah, exactly. Are, are they good, or is your coordinator good? No, they're good. Jim I Schwartz think they're sucks. good. Yeah, like I think you're. I think you're like defense lines like decent. I think Jim Schwartz coached. Hard. Jim Schwartz coached a winless team. I think the players are good. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Jim Schwartz is, is about to coach your three. What seven and one team? Yeah, I. Yeah, we are trending that, that way. Like, how crazy is that to say? Like we are trending toward Jim Schwartz being the interim coach for Super Bowl winning quarter or coach Doug Peterson. Like. I cannot believe that I am sitting up at this point and just like talking about this. How many 0 16 teams have there been? It was them, it was Hugh Jackson's Browns, and who else? Uh, the am I too young to not know? Your Jets. Oh, yeah, true. They're upcoming. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I mean, uh, would he be a good coach? No, probably not. I always I always look at the Clemson situation like they're really good because their defensive coordinator always stays and doesn't move on to a new job and he, he like he doesn't go on and oh now I'm the coach at South Carolina I got my big break like he knows his role like I'm going to be the guy at Clemson who's the defensive coordinator I'll get paid pretty well I'll never be the head guy but I have my role pretty carved out like I think Jim Shorts I'm sure he wants to be a head coach again but he is very clearly just a good 
defensive coordinator. Like he is a solid eight out of 10 defensive coordinator, probably just, seven out of 10. I just thought of a spin zone. Okay. They hire him as head coach. He's a defensive guy. So obviously he can't call plays. He has to hire an offensive coordinator. That offensive coordinator ends up being, if it's not Deuce Staley, it's someone who is, you know, some sort of offensive guru. And then we win the Super Bowl. There you Omar, go. I have the best offensive coordinator for you. And it will solve everyone's problems. Oh, God. I'm going to hate Josh, this answer. Josh McDaniels. You're, he's the asshole who put this in this situation to begin with. If he just takes the Colts job, Frank Reich stays, and we don't have half no, the fucking issues that we have. Frank Reich never Frank Reich's gone. Frank Reich's the reason you won a Super Bowl. Everyone knows it. And that's why he's gone. He was getting a head coaching job immediately. But it, yeah, no, he. Remember, he interviewed with the Colts. They offered it to Josh McDaniels. Josh McDaniels was like, yes. And then he was like, wait, no, wait, no, I'm just going to stay. Well, Jim Irsay is, was, I mean, he was going off either drugs or alcohol. <laughs> or, he both. Offered Josh, or both. He's probably driving too, knowing the gym. That's when, that's when he offered Josh McDaniels the, the job. And, then <laughs> and then Josh he was like, was like Whoa. <laughs> this probably isn't the best business decision. He, he really sobered up and he was like, wait. Well, this is probably one of my worst ideas. I should probably think about what I should actually do here. Uh, honestly, Jim would have gone some, like, or uh, Frank Reich would have gone somewhere. I'm trying to remember. I think he would have been here one more year. Um, we would have won another one. No, we would have won another one. If Alshon Jeffrey doesn't drop the ball in New Orleans, um, yeah, I, I, it's just it's one of those things though. Like, it's not that we don't have a incompetent offensive coordinator we don't talk about this enough like there's what is up with this Eagles that get overlooked because all we do is argue about who should start a quarterback like this team doesn't have an offensive coordinator like in 2020 they do not have an offensive coordinator like the game is trending towards like a glorified seven on seven and they didn't think like it was necessary <laughs> to have a guy whose only goal was to just run the offense Honestly, I didn't know that you didn't have an offensive coordinator. Yeah. I had no idea. I think the Pats don't have a defensive coordinator. I thought they were the only ones in the league that were just like, like, nah, we're just not going to hire anyone. No, Bill Belichick is the only one that can get away with that. Yeah, well, Doug Peterson definitely can. We know that for sure. Belichick, like, Belichick could definitely get away with that because there's 20 years of proof. It's like, well, he's, yeah, he's basically been the defensive coordinator the whole time anyway. Yeah. Yeah, Patricia just got fired, so. He's a bum. I was about to say, yeah, he was kind of in the way. Like Bill, Bell, <laughs> I finally got rid of that dead weight. Then I got yeah, back over. Patricia was just a placeholder for like Bill to just run the defense anyway. He had right. to have a guy like a fall guy. Like if for the sure. defense gave up like twenty-seven points, he'd be like, "Well, ask my defensive coordinator what happened." But in yeah. reality, like he's the defensive guy for sure. I think the reason McDaniel's is still here is because Bill wanted to run the defense and was like, "I can't do both, guys. Like I'm only." So much of a man. <laughs> and he has his son waiting in the wings to take Dude. over for him. He'll eventually Dude. be defensive coordinator. I hope not. That guy, stinks. that guy stinks. I don't know why, but like just his face and his mullet. I cannot with Steve Belichick. I cannot. It is a bad look. Like he definitely has the look of the guy. Uh, remember the entourage movie? He literally looks like the son who calls the shots for the dad. In the entourage movie, and the dad is well respected, but the son is kind of just like a jerk. Yeah, no, that's exactly what it is. Like, he, there's no he way he looks Belichick like isn't a dickhead. 
That's that's kind of how I get the feel there. And then OJ Mayo's there too. And just like, I don't know why you have both of them. Like, I don't know who's doing what, but you don't need both of them. I know that. That's how I feel about Wentz and Hurts. I don't know who's doing what, but there's, we don't need both of these we guys. We don't need Wentz for sure. Don't need that guy. <laughs> um, um, back to back to Wentz. I thought of this question earlier. Um, I was going to have Kevin ask you, but I guess I would just ask you. So okay. go back to 2015. Carson Wentz isn't a thought, right? Okay. The Eagles are obviously moving on from Sam Bradford. It didn't work out. Your options are trade up to number – were they two? Did they Carson to two? Yeah, they traded up to two. Yeah, I'm too young to remember. Um, they either trade up to two or they trade for – it doesn't – they trade for Kirk Cousins, Matt Stafford, someone you know – no, hold on, hold on. Someone you know what you're going to get from them every single week. They're consistently here. Or they trade up to number two and you're told they can get a quarterback that's like super high ceiling, but like their floor is like super, super low. They basically tell you how Carson Wentz's career is going without saying it's Carson Wentz. Forget that the, that the guy's a redhead. Completely take yourself out of it like that. So just are like you taking, Carson Wentz with brown hair. Are you taking yeah. completely consistent, you know what you're getting every week, the team can build around what they know they have or super inconsistent but has a super high ceiling. I'm going with the super high ceiling because isn't knowing what we had, like what got us in trouble for so many years after McNabb in the first place. Like Sam Bradford was a guy who was the definition of mediocrity and average. So if you're moving on from him, are you going to move on to another guy who's like, okay, he'll have his good days. He'll have his bad days. Most times he'll throw for 250 TDs and a pick. Like, would that get you anywhere? And back in 2015, we were still so desperate for a Super Bowl. Like, I feel like you have to take the risk and just, like, find the guy. Like, find the quarterback. You'd be willing to, to take that risk. So I, I think um, – I, I don't think you go with the even keel guy. But I'll even go as far as this. Like, I, I keep coming back to this. Like, we keep ragging on Wentz, and it, some of it is deserved. But say they – let's go back in that time machine to 2015. Say – the Rams are enamored with Wentz and take him at one. And we end up with Goff. Like what is Jared Goff doing in this offense? Like we are blaming Carson Wentz for all of these problems for being three, seven and one. If Jared Goff was on this team, is this team not three, seven and one? And I know it's like recency bias. He played terrible yesterday, but the Rams are seven and four. And do you guys look at Jared Goff and you're like, he's that much better. Like it just like goes, I think they're the perfect example of just like going to show what a system can do for a quarterback, not to say they're system QBs, but just like having an offense in place with an offensive minded coach and just like having weapons around them and having a good offensive line. I think the big thing that is getting overlooked here is Carson is the definition of mediocrity. How he's 17, 20 and one since 2017. That's mediocre at best. No, but, but here, okay. So you you can break his you can break his 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 career into like chapters. And like the one year where they gave him weapons, he went eleven and two, and then he comes back after that injury, and like there's been this slow decline that like the the epitomize and climax today with the Seahawks game, where like on national TV the announcers are saying. This these receivers suck in the most politically correct way possible. It's like you can see his regression is just trailing the regression of the team itself. 
And that's what I talk about all the time. Like, if you put him on the Colts tomorrow, do you still still think he's mediocre? Like, answer it honestly. Like, if he's on the Colts, is he bad? I think the if Colts he's on the Colts worse with him than they are with Rivers. Really? Yeah, for sure. With if I don't normal. think he is good. I think Rivers is better than Carson Wentz. Oh, if, I think Car- I think I think the Eagles are awful, top to bottom. I think because of 2017, you give Carson Wentz so much like rope, he's gonna hang himself. He's been hanging him for. I'm gonna years. hang myself. You might need to put up with this shit. I'm gonna hang it myself. It's crazy that you guys. He leaves the lead in interceptions, fumbles, sacks. Like he can't hold onto the ball. He holds onto the ball way too long. Like you always say. This, uh, I'm getting heated up now. I love it. If okay. somebody was open, your line, be your, the ball. your line is so bad. Half the league has a bad line. Your receivers are so bad. Half the league has bad receivers. Hold on, you know who doesn't have a bad line or bad receivers? The Indianapolis Colts. <laughs> you know who's a bad quarterback? Carson Wentz. If you put him with the coach he had success with, and he has a line and receivers and a good running back tandem exactly like he had in 2017. That's easily the best team in the NFL. It's like it's the Daryl Morey thing. Like you're looking at it and you're like, you bring up the fence with the Colts. Like you're looking at it and you're like, okay, two good running backs, good offensive line. They have playmakers. They have multiple tight ends. If they're like, if he was in that system, the exact same way as 2017, you'd probably expect the exact same result. Like it could be very easy if they made it that way. It's just that the Eagles don't make it that way. This and that Eagles goes back to the question with Rivers than they do with Wentz. 100%. I really don't. At this at one point, you may have had like a debate, but at this point in Philip Rivers' career, like I just don't see it. No, he's okay. not far from. No, no, I no. promise you, 100. <laughs> percent I like I don't even feel like a Carson Wentz defender when I say like he's better than Philip Rivers at age 38. Like that I feel like I'm just like, bad. an insane reasonable human being. Here. No, you would think that, but no. I I don't see it, but I'll keep going back to my point. It's like I I don't think Carson I I think Carson Wentz is going to have a career post Philadelphia very soon and I think he's going to do well I think he'll be better than Philip freaking Rivers but I, I just don't I don't know if it'll be here anymore and I just don't think it's uh, I tend to take the blame off his plate you may have noticed no but you I, me <laughs> who would have guessed I couldn't believe it. But but like next year starts and it's the same team just put in Jalen Hurts like I just don't see how this how that changes anything. No, I think you're probably right around the same record. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So like, why ride that carousel? Like, there's just no point. Like, I am on an endless carousel of insanity talking about Jalen Hurts and Carson Wentz and just like never addressing the fact that all of our cornerbacks are five two. None of the linebackers can cover a single tight end. They have multiple holes in the offensive line. And the defensive line, their best two free agency acquisitions the past two years just don't do anything on the defensive line. Like I like I I just keep keep can't keep going down this route, but that's all we do. I will defend Wentz in saying I think what they're doing with Hurts is not only hurting Hurts, it is hurting the fuck out of Wentz. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, just the constant, I'm not sure who's going to play. You're bringing Hurts to play 
like here and there. There's rumors that the owner wants Wentz pulled. Like it's that's not a good culture for success. At no, all. not at all. I, I that's I'm like glad that you really... there was a sequence there where I did go on a mini tirade in my living room. Got a little bit fired up. I said some mean words. Said some explicitives that need to be bleeped out. Where it was, uh, they, they brought Hertz in for a play, but they didn't know what the play was. They had both quarterbacks standing on the field, so they had the call timeout. They bring Hertz back in, and I might be getting the sequence messed up in my head. But then he gets called for he uh, leads to a false start. Like the offense is out of sync. He throws a pass. Now now it's third and eight. Then they bring Wentz back in and put him in third and long. Like who, who did that benefit in that scenario and that sequence of events? What, like who benefited from that hurts Wentz, Doug Peterson, the offense, anybody, nobody benefits from, from playing that style where it's like, okay, he's going to play for two plays and then come back out. Yeah, no, it's, and I've been saying, I've heard people say like, you know, have Wentz play the first half, put hurts uh, in for the second. That's the same thing as putting a hurts in for one play. It doesn't benefit anyone. But I do, Aiden, that sequence you described perfectly. What happened on that third down? I honestly, I, I feel like it was incompletion because I was still on my tirade. Um, Went to sacked. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, just, I had no point. I just want to let you know that your guy gets sacked constantly. Yeah, okay. But you see, like, where I'm coming from, like, on my side of the debate, like, it, they bring Jalen Hurts in. They have to burn a timeout. They get called right. for a penalty. He he sets them up for third and long. Then they bring Wentz back in, and they're like, okay, bail us out of this terrible situation that we put ourselves in, third and long, with these receivers who can't get open, and he gets sacked. Like, I don't know who's supposed to succeed when this is the environment and culture that they've created. Carson Wentz needs to call Eagles HR and report a toxic work environment because they're not making this easy for him. No. no but you know what? You know what happens? You know what usually happens when someone complains to HR about a toxic work environment? That person just leaves. Yeah. Well, he'll go go somewhere where he fits better. Yeah, he will. Uh, Those are my takeaways from tonight. Like, tonight was a culmination of all of the, like, all of the complaints that you have had about the, like, tonight was the roast of the Eagles front office. Like the, the announcers were doing it. We've been doing it for weeks. Fans were doing it. Like that, that we today was just like the culmination of all of those things. And you're going to watch Carson leave and you're going to still be a bad franchise who isn't in a position to win for the next half decade because you didn't draft well. And it's like, okay, in the next part that we got to talk about, and we'll probably get into this when Kevin's back on, but we, we're going to have a top 10 draft pick. It's looking like, do you trust who's in charge? to make that pick because I don't think you can. And I'm I, I'm not going to keep harping on the Hurts thing because you can present a hundred examples of bad picks over this past decade. And it's all coming back to Howie Roseman. Like how do you trust this front office with a draft that's going to determine your kind of future for the next half decade? Do you want to see the dumbest tweet I've ever seen? Is it my sure, favorite? as long as it's, it's not from me. It's not, it's not, it's not who you think it's from. Uh, pro football talk. Since it's apparently open season on Howie Roseman from the broadcast booth tonight, let's remember this. He won a Super Bowl three years ago. 
Is I that just, not the worst tweet you've ever seen? I don't I don't get the logic. Like, okay. You know who else also won a Super Bowl three years ago? Nick Foles. Nick Foles, who doesn't even start in Chicago. You know yeah. who won a Super Bowl three years ago? Doug Peterson. You know? Like that's just like the dumbest thing to say. Remember that time? Like, that'd be like if if you're if you're in a friendship and a guy helps you move. And you know you got a flat tire. He comes out for you. He does everything for you. And like one time, you help him carry in his groceries. And you're like, remember three years ago when I took in your groceries? Like your hands are full, so I like grabbed the last bag. Remember when I did that for you? Like okay. So the, the that tweet's funny because it's it's for sure just an awful tweet all around. But it's also like the same defense that everyone uses for Carson. It, it, well, it was really good three years ago. That's 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 my problem. It's like, okay, so we're gonna give Howie Roseman another chance, but we're gonna run Carson Wentz out the door. No, I think you gotta get rid of everybody, all of them. Hold like, up, that, that that brings up another question. So we like three people are a problem on this team right now. Three 50, people are. I, I was gonna say there's a lot more than three. <laughs> well, everyone that isn't Carson Wentz is all Howie Roseman's fault. I'm putting that all on him. Thank you. Because okay, I can't think of a player on this team that's technically underperforming. Everyone's performing exactly as well as you think they're supposed to. There's bad players. That might be the saddest part is you're like, you no one's playing. And you're like, who, who is like, aside from, I'd say Malik Jackson and Javon Hargrave, the two free agency signings that were like big signings on the defensive line. I'd say they're underperforming, but everybody else is performing at the bar that you would expect. Yeah. Like, and no they're one's three un- and seven. Yeah. Everyone's doing their best, right? Whether like some people are hurt, they can't really help that. You know who can yeah. help that? Howie Roseman. Yeah, it's like we, can we, can't use the, we can't use the injury defense anymore, though. No, your no, team no, is like, about as healthy as no, the Cowboys point of the year. No, I'm compared to the other entire, teams. The entire offense. It's like one position group, though. Yeah, I think line. you could you could have used it. I mean, you could have certainly used it at points this year. Where I mean, sure, and all of last year for definitely. Yeah. yeah, but at this point, I think like you're you're beyond the injury. Injuries definitely played a role, but like I said, it's the culmination. Like if you last year, you could blame it on injuries. Like you, you made the playoffs, and you should have been better than you were, but you had injuries, so you had that. So like okay, but and there's always that but. Like they were injured, but they should have been better. And it's like yeah. you know, like JJ Arthega Whiteside sucks, and DK Metcalf is good. But, you know, like you have Deshaun Jackson, you have Alshon Jeffrey, maybe they'll give you something. There, there's always those buts. And now that they're all adding up together, that's when you get in trouble. Remember that uh, that episode in The Office where like Andy goes off on a vacation and he's using like the printer for colored like photo shots of himself so he can be an actor and he's constantly out of the office. And, and David Wallace comes in and he's like, eventually – you give a guy enough chances and the ice gets thin and that's when you fall through. That is where we're at with Howie Roseman. He has fallen through the ice. So of the three of them, which one do you think goes first and who, who do you think should go first? So that's two different questions. So I, I think they're the same. I think like I keep saying, like I think tonight was like the night where we're going to look back and be like, this guy is the problem because we just did this with the Sixers where there'd be nights where people would point at Joel Embiid and say, that was a, that was a bad game. Like you should have been better. You were the star. You should have been better. But then you like sit back and you watch enough and you're like, well, he's in a double team. He can't kick it out. Cause that guy can't shoot. 
he can't swing it around because that guy can't make a play. And you start to realize like, oh man, like this problem goes beyond one guy. So I, I think they're, the Eagles are in a very similar situation where the decision makers at the top have not drafted and developed well enough at all. I'd give them a D in terms of drafting. So I think Howie Roseman is the guy who's going to go. He'd be my guy who's going to go like anytime. I'm like, let's just go to the top and fire whoever's making decisions. But I, I think tonight was the night where people were like on the same page with me. But with this interesting, I understand it's not exactly the same thing, but they fired Brett Brown before they went and got Daryl Morey. You know what I mean? Or went and got a new front front office. That's true. That's where it varies. But even now, you know, like he was like, he was on thin ice before in the previous regime were scumbags who rivaled ISIS in terms of how bad (laughs) of human beings they were. So like, they, they used Brett Brown as a scapegoat when really they should have been fired first. Like in terms of blame, like I still think it goes front office, Brett Brown players. And you could make the case like, I mean, obviously Brett Brown probably deserved to be fired for sure. But the front office did too. And the Eagles could be in that same situation where they both could be out the door timing who knows who goes first, but they both could be out the door. I think if Doug leaves, it's because Doug wants to go he's another guy who just probably doesn't want to be here anymore. Do you think I, they, they bring in a new GM? Do you give Doug and Carson another year? I think they do. You know, do you think the new GM would want to, I I think the new GM would want to, unless the new GM is Eddie. <laughs> no, I think, I think the, so here's my thing with the, in the, even not even to like hate on Carson Wentz. I think this is actually what the Eagles are suffering oh, from to. and what they need to, yeah, no, for sure. It's going to come out that way. Um, I think they won the Super Bowl as – I mean, they weren't even supposed to be in that game. They won it. They beat the shit out of the Patriots. Woo. We celebrate. Thank you. And then you don't, like, continue to grow. Like, you just – that's it. Like, that th- – we're done now. But, like, you still expect the results and you still want to be that elite team. And now, two, three years later, you're probably going to miss the playoffs. You're going to finish the year under 500 – like it's just not like everyone needs to go you need to go through like an actual rebuild instead of this well let's draft the backup for the second round pick even though we're paying carson Wentz a billion dollars let's never do that ever you know that's what i mean you should not do that as much as i think you need to at least give Hertz a shot he shouldn't be on the team i know that pick shouldn't have been made (laughs) i know but that you're totally right in that like so you have this core in 2017 and there's still players there like Lane Johnson, Brandon mm-hmm. Brooks, you know, uh, some of these guys are still uh, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, who are still playing really well and are still really good. But and Zach Ertz is another one. I know he's been hurt, but like you had this core and you just never built on it. But right. uh, I, I could see like a total blow up, but I feel like your f- job is the front office is just very simply two things. One, find talent. Two, keep that talent under the salary cap. And they just haven't done it. Like they've they built failed a, at both of those. Yeah. <laughs> they, they have a like, loaded roster in terms of salary because they're they're trying to find guys in, in free agency to plug for all the holes that they've missed in the draft. So like if you can't draft, like that's that is my starting position. Like roster construction is where I go back to the Sixers thing. Like we are in the same trajectory as the Sixers. Like roster construction is so important, and the person in charge of it has failed. 
the way Howie Roseman treated this team was like, imagine if you're watching an episode of Property Brothers and they walk into this like old decrepit house that they're supposed to like fix up and they're like, well, what if we, you know, like painted this wall white? And they're like, that wall, like the wall across from it has like a hole in it. There's no wall there. <laughs> like, yeah, but like, what if we like put like, put like a really nice mirror here to really open up the room? It's like, no, listen, the house is falling apart. Let's address the real problem. Let's make it look pretty. <laughs> We need new foundation, not just yeah. The no, yeah, the foundation has a gaping crack in it. Let's fix that. <laughs> yeah, it's a, but no, look at you with the analogies. Usually, Jalen Hurts is a granite countertop. I, I really like that analogy that you used. Yeah, Jalen Hurts is a granite countertop. Meanwhile, there's a crack in the foundation that you can put a toddler in. Yeah, lava is seeping out from the center of the earth, but they're like, "Oh, look, we just found a nice chandelier." <laughs> Exactly. What's no, the, what's I, the I think you need to get rid of all of them. What's I the movie that Ryan Gosling remade? Like it was like a like a like a ghost movie. Ryan Gosling was in the remake, and like in the basement, there's like this hole that's like oozing stuff out of it that the ghosts are coming out of. I thought you were gonna say the Notebook when he rebuilt no, the I house. I was thinking Notebook. I say Notebook. No, <laughs> no worse. The one where he literally no, 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 built no. the house. <laughs> no, like worse. In the basement, there's a hole with like bubbling ooze coming out of it, and just evil is seeping into the house. And Ryan, They're not Goss fixing that remake. No yeah, but um, the remake wasn't good. I forget what movie. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm, Am- I'm Amityville, Amityville Horror. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. I don't you know exactly what we're talking about. Yep. I thought like you were going with Ghostbusters. I don't know. I was like, I know there was a remake of that, but I don't think Ryan Gosling was in with it. The first analogy. The first analogy was on point, though. The first analogy was just left. great, and then you're going with like the house thing and Ryan Gosling, and right. just like steered away from when Ryan Gosling literally built the house. No, the first analogy is um, the Eagles winning the Super Bowl. The second analogy is Eagles in 2020. <laughs> an analogy on an analogy. <laughs> Yeah, so double entendre. Uh, but it, it is the perfect example of just it, it, it. I think it boils down like in a serious sense. At the end of every reign, hubris does in the does in the leader, and I think hubris has done in Howie Roseman for you know being this salary cap wizard, and he built this team that won the first Super Bowl ever. So now you're you're taking chances when you got away from like the basics and a team that valued uh, up front and in the trenches. Now, instead of getting like AJ Espinosa out of Iowa, you want to be a quarterback factory and draft Jalen hurts in the second round. Like you got away from what got you there in the first place out of hubris. And it's like the end of any great dynasty, any empire, like it always goes the same way. The leader, the ruler bites off more than they can chew power gets to their head and then quickly it's over for them it goes back to you guys said it how many just draft good players just draft good players instead of bad ones you know yeah. that's it i uh, like uh, we if you guys want to end the show let's just let's just do it like look, <laughs> that could have been the whole entire show about? just just i could be the gm just draft good players like that we have talked for almost an hour now just recapping like all the ifs and ands and just going and rehashing history and going in time machines and putting out all these scenarios. You just have to draft good people and you're not in scenarios like we saw tonight where people didn't even want to pay attention to you play football in a country where we thrive off watching football. And it has been tough to get through a season because of COVID people didn't even want to watch you play 
because you put a, a roster together that was so piss poor and so untalented and so lethargic that uh, the United States of America did not even want to watch you play a nationally televised game. That's how bad you were. So it sounds like Aiden's also now a Ravens fan, like the rest of Brandon. I Eddie hate- doesn't do the podcast, huh? <laughs> you got to jump ship. The Ravens, let's get it. You guys want to do a quick two minutes on this COVID situation with the Ravens and the Steelers? Bunch of assholes. We're already, we're already over an hour. Why not? Just Why not? <laughs> we'll, we'll just end like with another topic that's like not Jalen Hurts. Uh, so well, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> well, speaking of quarterbacks who can't throw and are only good Oh, at this running, is mean. <laughs> uh, ben Roth is <laughs> Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens game has been postponed yet again till Wednesday. Um, the Rudy so, Gobert of the NFL. Oh what's my that? God. They're the Rudy Gobert of the NFL. Pretty much, yeah. So they are uh, – it was looking like the Titans were going to be for a while, and they got things <laughs> on track. Now the Ravens have spiraled out of a muck. Um, so the game has been pushed to Wednesday now. It was supposed to be on Thanksgiving. It's getting to the point like, is this worth it? You know, it's like – Christmas. Yeah, it'll be on Christmas. Remember, you guys ever plan like a trip – with all your friends, like whether it's a music festival or just like a beach weekend or anything like that. And it starts as like a big group. And you're like, this is going to be so much fun. This is going to be lit. Like there's 20 of us. We're all going like, like we got great tickets. we got a great beach house, something like that. And then like one guy's like, ah, dude, I can't go that weekend. Like I got to work. Another guy's like, ah, got to take care of the kids. Not really our age group. No, yeah. Well, I know some people at home, it is my age group. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but yet, like everybody starts to like bow out. And then you get to the point where like, is this worth it? So, like, we're kind of at that point, right, with this game? Right. No, I, first of all, it's not worth it. Um, Raven, at some point, you have to punish the team more than just, like, finding the owner. They forfeit the game. You lose the game. If you They're can't, never going to cancel the game. It's insane to me that, like, but how is your punishment just, yeah, the billionaire owner who, like, pisses 500 grand? Let's find him. But the morons who can't just like stop getting COVID, it's like, dude, I've been going home and then to the grocery store for nine months. It's It sucks. I get it. Fucking, do you want to play the football game? Do, is that what you want to do? It, yes or no? Put the mask Bro. on, go home. I saw a video, a little off topic. Otto Porter just in the club pouring champagne in girls' mouths. Like, what are we doing? Like, not getting COVID is so goddamn easy. It's I don't so understand easy. how this entire team got it. I live in Center City, Philadelphia, one of the ep- like one of the epicenters of the country. I could breathe fine. I you know, you know, I, I agree with both of you. Like it, it's just like people. We know. I'm not gonna get into politics or science or anything like that. People just don't care, and right. I, I think uh, there's nobody who cares less than the Harbaugh brothers, like Michigan. In Baltimore, like both, and I don't know if you guys saw, but in college football, Michigan is also having an outbreak. Like this family, when your brain is just football, you can't consider a pandemic, and that comes back at the same time. Like I don't have, like I don't have to worry about playing a football game every week, and like I work from home, so I don't have like if I get COVID, I can still work every day. Like these guys can't do football if they get COVID. Most of the guys on the team aren't making millions and millions and millions of dollars. Like they need a game check, you know, I think like, just, you know, don't like, don't go to the club for a year, you know? (laughs) 
exactly and it's like it's not a like i'm not like i'm not even being political here i'm being like if you're supposed to play football and you can't play football if you get sick don't get sick then yeah right. it, it goes back to like what, what's that thing that me and kevin always used to say? hey idiots <laughs> stop doing stupid things and do your job it's in the intro no, of the wait. show the balls on the ravens though to just be like why can't they just wait until we have two days of all negative tests because you were supposed to play the game a week ago, you assholes. They yeah, should make them play with the practice squad. I completely agree with that. Like they should just fine. make them play that's with fine. Like I'm so sick of just pushing it back. If it didn't happen Sunday, fine, we'll push it to Monday. Oh, it's not happening Monday, Tuesday. We're, we're not playing football on Wednesday. It was supposed to happen six days ago, guys. Yeah, what that's the thing I'm talking is- about. I need 15 points from Chase Claypool, and it needs to happen soon. That's all. <laughs> I that's what I was gonna say. I was like, I agree with everything that Eddie says. <laughs> Under the circumstances that I didn't need Deontay Johnson to go off for fantasy purposes, so that this game must be played in <laughs> fantasy football. But no, I, I feel like the Steelers do not get a pass on this. The Steelers, who will not stop bitching about like getting the short end of the stick, like I get it, it sucks. Like you lost your bye week, but like not really. You still got a bye week. It just wasn't like the scheduled bye week. It sucks. I get it. You for some reason the Steelers are the ones who keep getting screwed over by other teams not knowing what they're doing. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, just it, shut it, up. It was a bad look for them. They've had reasonable gripes. But it was mm-hmm. a bad look for them to complain this much about the Ravens and then have their own COVID scare, especially like James Conner, a cancer survivor, right? Getting COVID, like it was a bad look to go online, and it was almost like a scheduled promoted tweet where they all went on and said something at the same time, and then like two days later, you're in your own like little mini COVID outbreak. Like it was a bad look. Mm-hmm. What I, I love about the Steelers is just kind of like. I like Mike Tomlin where he's just like, we do not care. Like, just shut up and play football. And I'm fine with guys like being on Twitter and, and everything like that. Mm-hmm. But you got to realize optics, which is a, a conversation I talk about with the Eagles a lot. It's just like knowing where you're at. And I think optics wise, that it was a bad, bad look to, to kind of yeah, shit on the Ravens. Great. All this is happen. great and all, but they're never going to cancel this game. They'll keep pushing it back until right. it happens. Because – like there's three rivalries in the NFL that mm-hmm. like it's Bears, Packers, Eagles, Cowboys, Steelers, Ravens. Those are the three. There aren't really any other ones. It's it's and ratings. They're not going to. And, and you don't want to be in a season with an asterisk. Like if the if the Steelers technically forfeit, okay, now they have one loss. Now the Chiefs get home field advantage throughout, and sends up the Steelers' only loss is this forfeit. That was originally caused by the Ravens not being able to play. Like, you don't want your season to be remembered that way. Well, plus, the NFL is not going to lose the money that they're going to make off of a rivalry game when both teams are good. True. Exactly. Although, at this point, like playing it Wednesday at 340, like I'm back in the office, so I, I don't know how I'm going to watch this game. Um, probably on my phone, but even then, it's like it's, it's a tough, it's a tough sell. Um, so, but they've run out of time. They and had Eddie to push back through the tree lighting ceremony. Did you see that? A what? A they had oh, yeah, to, yeah, yeah. So, oh, no, the, did you see that? Color tree lighting ceremony. Has, did you see that? I don't know if I just got lucky and caught both, like all three of these things. But the first tweet Adam Schefter made was really mean towards the tree lighting ceremony. He was like, <laughs> "Tree lighting game before football," and then he quote tweeted himself, and he was like, 
the tree lighting ceremony will feature and he put all of like the acts <laughs> that are like that are singing before it and i was like his bosses were like tweet something nice about yeah. this right now. and then yeah, he, wonder- was on, he was on pregame like on espn and he was like he, he did the same thing and he was like the the great tree lighting ceremony that had <laughs> 2.6 million people watch it last year <laughs> i wonder i wonder what suit made the call and was like hey none of that you know <laughs> and he probably never thought about it like here's this dumbass pine tree that they strung up and put a few lights on that everyone's excited about it's the most embarrassing tree too it's the we worst all, looking tree yeah we all live in the northeast we've all right, seen, I've a seen a tree, tree. before <laughs> nobody cares what the pine tree looks like eddie you've made you've made the trip from a whoville all the way down to new york city you know what i cannot take the slander <laughs> i can't take you tied the you Bengals. Might as well. You tied the Bengals. Don't talk to me about anything. New Hampshire might as well be like you've seen Horton. Here's a who on like the town is on the tiny speck of dust that's on the dandelion. That might as well be New Hampshire because it doesn't like exist. I've but never. I'm not seen coming it. back. I'm not coming back. How about that? This is my first and only appearance on Birds vs. Boys. I don't even like New Hampshire. I just don't want to be. This feels like a Hold personal on. attack. If you listen, like you have to have giant like elephant ears to hear Eddie right now because he's like all the way down on the speck of dust. No one can hear him. <laughs> he's yelling up all the way from New Hampshire. This miniature state. That's <laughs> a fragment of our imagination that we've I been hate told exists. I hate it here. At least, at least my team won this weekend. Look, how about that? Oh, even though- Carson Wentz is going to be looking for a new place. Cam Newton is on a one-year deal. Uh, we don't we don't pay quarterbacks around these parts, buddy. We do not pay quarterbacks around here. I can see I can see a weird like restructuring thing going on. Like people would be like, "Look, we can't pay you what what uh." What oh, your is that price how is? his last present? That's how he's last present. He's a whiz with the uh, the budget over there. Bill loves a good old deal. That, that how does funny seem would like that a- be if how he if how he absolutely crippled us on his way out? Oh, yeah, like, well, no, we'll take all the money. You take the player. We'll keep all the money. <laughs> yeah. Be hilarious. So now, not only do we not have a quarterback, we don't have money to get anybody. So the problem be, is we don't have money regardless. He's like be, a budget whiz, but you have your broke. So I don't – what's he budget? Yeah. Well, their cap situation – I mean, it's not bad. It's just like they're paying people who aren't good. Which you means know? your cap situation is bad. No, no like, like <laughs> it's not like bad. Like, you know, <laughs> I'm not selling it well. But there's like teams like you look at the Texans and you're like, oh, all right, how do we get out of this mess? Like you, yeah. you have no graphics and you have this like very high salary cap. Like I don't know what they do. Or like the Rams are a very good example of like how do you keep paying these people? I'm I'm like, is there a salary cap in Los Angeles? Like the Eagles, I'm at least like, okay, I could see what you have to do, and then you'd be okay. You know, like you just have to get rid of these people who are out the door anyway. And like Alshon Jeffrey, you're not going to be paying him $15 million next year. It's like, it looks bad this year, but like, it, it's not going to look as Deshaun Jackson. Like you're not going to pay him $8 million next year. It's just those, those things. Anyone with common sense. So not the Eagles will probably be back next year. They're both um, getting like Anyone with common sense can like see how to like fill the hole. Yeah. It's just not going to happen. So. So, so this is what will happen. It'll be Carson Wentz. He'll go to to New England for like a fourth round pick. We'll get stuck with the fifty million dollar bill. He'll get trunk change from New England. We'll get. We'll send you still. You have the quarterback factory still. There we go. We can keep the factory alive. Send us Edelman, and he can throw gimmick passes wow. and 
Him and uh, him and Hertz can take turns. What well, the, Edelman's off limits. He's also on COVID protocol right now, so maybe leave him alone. He's not feeling great. Maybe next year. All right. Do you guys have anything else today? God no. God no. <laughs> no Producer Vince is working double time. Just remember that your team really bad. And then, Carson Wentz is really bad. I'm not ending my show like this. I just. <laughs> I will. Uh, I'll pour some out here. In my water bottle. For the Eagles, the Super Bowl window ended tonight. Everybody in Philadelphia knew it was going to. Um, I think everybody saw the ending of the movie like it was Marley and me. You could see this coming a mile away. Um, And here's where we're at. So, (laughs) What what are we doing? Did you want me to end it on like a positive note? (laughs) I didn't want Marley and me. Yeah, maybe not that goddamn negative. It's it's just football. Oh, sorry. I've been the one positive. Like, (laughs) they could still win this division for eight weeks. Now they put up nine points in front of the entire nation. And I'm supposed Um, to be like, they did not put up nine points. 17, pal. Oh, wait. We had 27. They had 17 because of a Hail Mary at the end of the game. Sorry for not being more positive. It wasn't like one, the one good thing Fogum did in last like three weeks. What he tipped the ball to to he, he couldn't catch the ball and your tight end caught it. Great. And I'm supposed to be well, gee whiz, guys. Can't wait till next episode. We'll talk about these two shit teams again. <laughs> Who do you play next week? The, the Packers. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> where, where is it? Is it in Philly or Green Bay? Green Bay. Cares. <laughs> And you guys Ooh. don't want me to compare this to a dying dog. What do you want me to compare it <laughs> to? Fucking Hershey's Chocolate World? A dying what dog has more dignity than this. Compare this to. Yeah, that uh, that's true. In your defense, I've been doing nothing but comparing players to dying dogs the last three years. So, so thank you. Farewell from me and Marley. Take care, Go everybody. Go pass. Chris Hansen here, and I'm going to need you all to take a seat right over there and check out Birds vs. Boys. I think you're completely right here, and I hate it. Idiots! Stop doing dumb things. I got two phones. Upside alert. Upside alert. I might go insane. I think you're already there. There's no hope. Hope is gone. If this was an AFC North podcast, we'd be done in 15 minutes. Bob Hope. I'm going to drink bleach. The team you promised me you were going to be this year! This is the Consciously Hopeful Podcast.